All right, here we go. Hard to believe it's episode seven of Hometown Threads. And Happy New Year. First show of 2023. 2023. Welcome back in. It's Hometown Threads. Keith C. Rice here. Uh, we'll get to our special guests in just a sec. Uh, but New Year, not only a new show, but we have a new sponsor. Big announcement. Liberty Bank is our new sponsor. Yay. Liberty Bank. Yeah. Thank you so much. Local we'll sponsors. We love them. Yes. We'll put this right up here as a prop. Thank you, Liberty Bank, for sponsoring Hometown Threads, a show that, uh, well, has been going since the middle of November. Here we go. Seventh episode. We want to thank uh, Matt J. Rupa behind the board and uh, RJ at Willimantic Today Facebook and everyone watching on uh, Willimantic Today. Uh, great to partner up with them. Episode seven. Happy New Year. Chris McDeboe is with us, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Horizons. We all know Horizons. Chris, Happy New Year. And Thank you. Thanks for being our first guest here of the New Year on Hometown Threads. Happy to be here. It's a great honor. And, of course, Hometown Threads uh, airs every Tuesday, 5.05 to 5.30 on 14 WILI, 95.3 FM, and Wednesdays and throughout the week on uh, Willimantic Today Facebook. So Horizons is a very popular place, very well-known. You hear the commercials on WILI. Uh, voiced by Stephen Daly, who we will uh, get into uh, a little bit later throughout the show. Does a great job of those commercials. Of course, coached by the great Chris McDebo here. <laughs> Chris McDebo, tell us about yourself. Are you originally from the area? Tell us all about Chris McDebo. Well, I'll tell you, I feel like I'm a local person. I've been in town for 49 years. Oh, you are considered a native by Well, I hope so. But, <laughs> but you know, unless you're born here, there's a, a group of people think that think you're not really from here. But, yes, I do feel like this is where I've lived most of my life, and uh, it feels like home to me. And we decided to create our camp program here uh, years ago, and that started my relationship with Willimantic, which was really wonderful. I mean, we had no credit. We were a bunch of young college kids. Nobody knew from anything what we were going to be doing, yet I had uh, business relationships with everybody from Mountain Dairy to the uh, hardware store in, in Wyndham that is not there any longer, but they all were very willing to do business with us, uh, extend us credit if we needed, which I never took because I always had the mindset, and you'll ask my business manager today, the director of finance, I love to look at the cash statement. I don't like doing anything on credit. I really want to um, make sure we can pay our bills. And so I think we started off on a good foot with a lot of people in town. They saw what we were doing. They liked the work we were doing, and we paid our bills. And I think that set us up for a positive relationship. Let me get this straight. Okay, 49 years you've been in the area. You, you developed a relationship while in college with the businesses around here. So all this, uh, the, the early plans and early stages of Horizons all started while you were a college student. Uh, where was it, UConn? No, it was St. Joseph College for Women at the time, which is now the University of St. Joe's in West Hartford. And um, I came out here for the summers and, and uh, worked on the summer camp. Started uh, by renting some property on Route 14, Frog Pond. As a college student. As a college student. Wow. I was a, um, a junior when we started this. And um, we decided that um, we were going to go forward with this after we had a, a small group of us had worked at the Hartford Regional Center, which uh, is an institution, state-run institution for people with developmental disabilities in Newington. And that's how I got to know this field. I was working there as a, a younger teenager, um, and we thought, wow, this would be exciting to take it to the next level and to do um, something a little bit more than working in an institutionalized setting. I learned a lot by working at HRC. I learned a lot of what I like to do about this field and what I didn't want to repeat. So you always learn something from every job you have, right? So 
it's really been um, through those experiences that we created what became Horizons and uh, started off as just a summer camp. So start, started off just as a summer camp. Still, in, still, you're you're telling me when you were in college, you already knew where you wanted to take this. You that you had aspirations of of getting this and making it pretty big, huh? Well, no, I had no aspirations for making it pretty big at all. We had no uh, vision of the future. Okay, so there was no vision yet. No, we, and even after we were doing the the camp for many years, we still just thought, hey, this is a great thing to do. I was a special ed teacher uh, during the year, and we'd come back and do summer camp, and it was a lot of fun. So Um, it was kind of an on-the-side thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, you you could say on the side, but it took a heck of a lot of oh, time. Oh yeah. Well, I, you sure. know, just you start enrolling campers early in the in the year, and then you had to start lining up staff, which we still do today. It's a, a long a long process, but um, no, there was no aspiration to make it a year round business until probably about seven or eight years into summer camp, um, and then uh, my sister joined me at that point, and we were thinking you know, what else could we do? And we were also approached by the Department of Mental Retardation, which is what it was called at the time. Now it's DDS, uh, to think about uh, opening a group home. So when did, is that, that's when the lights started to go off, like you and your sister are discussing this, going this could be uh, bigger than we have it now, mm-hmm. and let's get the ball rolling. So you kind of uh, talked to, uh, uh, well, DDS now, and, you, and that's mm-hmm. they, they kind of helped you, uh, well, partner and come together with, with uh, how Horizons would eventually form. Yes, we uh, actually the impetus to get us really going after DDS approached us and we said no a couple of times, we weren't ready for it then. It was the parents of our campers who consistently approached us and said, hey, we really want a place where our sons or daughters could live independently or more independently, just like my other children in the family can have apartments and have jobs and be a, you know, a, a member of the community, a vital member of the community. And we started to think more seriously about it then because at the beginning we said, no, no, that's okay. We, we really like camp and we'll go back to the classroom afterwards. Um, but then um, parents kept asking us and um, – more people that worked with us in summer camp said, you know, I don't want to go back to that other job that I had. I'd, I'd really like to do something, too. So we started to have a critical mass of people that believed the same, uh, in the same things that we did, the same value base. And they said, yeah, I, I would do that year-round thing if you got it going. So wow. that's when we gave it more, more credibility. And we started with the group home, which is um, still today very flourishing on, uh, on um, Wyndham Road. And uh, we started with six people because that was the model at the time. Now, this is 1975 when it first started. Are we there yet? Or? No. 75 okay. is when we first started uh, summer camp. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So we were actually operating summer camp under the name of Camp Crossroads for five summers before we started and incorporated as Camp Horizons. And the only difference between Crossroads and Horizons was at the time we were advised to start a for-profit business, which was Crossroads. So it was a subchapter S corporation. We didn't know anything from business. We said, sure, and signed on the dotted line, wow. started that. And then after doing um, uh, Camp Crossroads for a number of years, uh, people said, you should be getting donations. We could give you things if you were a nonprofit. So we started to think more about that. And the fellow Bob Hausman that I started off with Um, doing Camp Crossroads, uh, wanted to go on and do other things. We had worked together for a number of years at the Hartford Regional Center. He wanted to move on. He was getting married and doing other things. So that's when my sister and I joined forces, and that was in 1979. So it became a nonprofit in 79? That's right. Okay, so it becomes a nonprofit. Uh, 
we're still in the early days of uh, now. Was it Camp? Is it Camp Horizons or Horizons? It was Camp Horizons back then, still, right? Everything was Camp Horizons because we we thought we had built our reputation in the community as, camp. as camp. We had built our credit as Camp Horizons, and people kind of knew that brand when we were recruiting for summer camp. So we thought it was successful. Then we might as well continue uh, using that. And it wasn't until some years later that we changed the name to Horizons. So uh, when you when you made the decision to go nonprofit, and you're still in the early stages of uh, Camp Horizons here in Horizons, what uh, were there any uh, problems early on, any issues that you encountered? Uh, maybe not not due to becoming a nonprofit, just growing pains in general. Oh yes, lots of growing pains. We had no idea how to set what we should charge for people to come. We just kind of picked a number out of the sky in those first years and hoped that it would work. We didn't pay our staff the first year. Wow. Everybody was a friend and was coming to do it for something, you know, different to do. They had all pretty much worked with us either at the regional center or in our other friend groups where we had um, uh, affiliations with other groups of people. And um, so we learned that first year the hard way, how to, how to set tuition and how to, how to order food in bulk and how to cook in bulk and uh, do do uh, a lot of things. Are you doing all this now? I mean, because uh, I, I, mean, yeah. I know you have people helping you, but you were, uh, well, to, to this day, you're still helping out in many areas. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of people that have more expertise than I now in some of those things. But, yeah, in the beginning, I was driving the car up to the, the van, up to the farmer's market at 4 o'clock in the morning and getting the fresh fruits and vegetables and learning that you could get a case of goofy grapes for $10 <laughs> when everybody else was paying $20 for the grapes that were going to last a little bit longer. So we had to put those goofy grapes right on the menu that day wow. so that we could eat them. But that was how we had fresh fruit and vegetables, which was something we were very committed to and still are uh, serving really healthy and balanced meals. Chris McDebo, uh, CEO and founder of Horizons, joining us on the seventh episode of Hometown Threads, brought to you by Liberty Bank on 14 WILI 95.3 FM and Willimannock Today Facebook. Uh, it, it's only a quick, it's only a brief show, so we're trying to get everything in. I'm sorry if I'm jumping around here a little bit, but I'm just so intrigued. And this is how Chris was actually one of the people, first people I spoke to when I was, you know, thinking about getting into Hometown Threads. And he said, I'm just so fascinated how learning about people from the community, how they got their start how they started the business, and, you know, Chris is a big name in town. So was there any point in time, Chris Mactabo, in the early days of, of Horizons where you're thinking, oh, my God, am I doing the right thing here with my career? Of course you're doing the right thing. You're helping people. But I'm talking about you personally. Were you like, oh, my God, am I doing the right thing with my life here as far as the business? You know, I was lucky. Uh, Keith, at the beginning, I, I went into special education, and at that time the only thing you could study was to be a special ed teacher. And I knew from the beginning I didn't want to be in the classroom. So I had that in the back of my mind. But in those early days, in the early 70s, that's all there was. There weren't other community-based programs for people with developmental disabilities because that was the beginning of that whole movement to move people out of institutions and into community-based settings. So um, I was fortunate that I had that going for me, that I wasn't like in love with being in the classroom and had to leave that, that I really looked for other ways that we could create meaningful experiences for people with developmental disabilities in the community so they could live their lives just like all of us do to their fullest dreams and wildest dreams. And that's what we felt um, Camp Horizons and later Horizons uh, really allowed us to do with folks. Uh, were there any important names along this great journey of yours that played a big part not only in your success but the the company, uh, the, the success right now of Horizons, off the top of your head? Well, uh, I'd have to say that one of the most influential people for me starting off was my advisor in college, and her name is Sister Judy Carey. And um, 
she was very much a process-oriented person. And, you know, you, you ask, did I ever think I was doing the, the wrong thing or did I, when did I know it was the right thing? Well, I wasn't a great student in college. I didn't really like studying. I didn't really like doing papers until I found working with people with disabilities, and that became the focus of everything I did. So um, I knew that that was a good connection. And Sister Judy always said, well, you know, I told her my crazy idea. She said, well, you know, if you ever get that going, you know, I'll help you with the board of directors because she was, as I said, very process-oriented, and that's something I didn't know anything about. And she was kind of half-kidding with it, but then I took her up on it, and <laughs> she has stayed a lifelong uh, oh, great. Uh, friend and advisor uh, right up until uh, the present time. So she played a big, a big role in it. And I can't say uh, enough about um, my impetus to get going over at the regional center was because of my mother. And uh, she had said, we were, I was one of six kids, the oldest of six kids, and she said, you guys are not hanging around the house all summer. You either go to summer school or you go volunteer someplace. So that's how I ended up at Hartford Regional Center. The, wow. the bus was going to, uh, to Newington, and I said, I'll do that thing because I hadn't tried that before. The other choice was working at a home for the elderly. And growing up in Catholic school, you always had to volunteer sure. at the home for the elderly. So I knew what that was. I said, let me try this different thing that I didn't know what that was. So... I didn't like the first couple of days. Um, you know, I got there, and it kind of it was a really strange experience, and the building smelled funny, and it was very institutional. But I fell in love with those individuals that were there, and I just kept going back. So uh, Horizon's obviously such a big name around here. Uh, of course, Chris as well. How, how did you come, uh, and they're located, uh, well, the main office is on Babcock Hill Road in South Windham. Right. And we'll get to the other offices in just a sec. How did the name Horizons come about again? Well, um, it seemed hopeful. You know, when you see the horizon line, you see a lot of endless possibilities. Mm. And we thought that that was really what we were speaking to. There was endless possibilities for folks, and we didn't want to make it have any kind of a, um, a finite quality to it. I like it. I've always liked the name Horizons, and I could see where you're coming from there. Now, why Babcock Hill Road in South Windham for... You know, just, just out of curiosity. Well, as I said, we started off on Frog Pond on Route 14 and had uh, many summers there, 11 summers there, actually. And um, we started to look about uh, in year 9 or, or 10, 9, I guess year 9, we started to look for a permanent facility. And we tried to actually buy that facility, but that didn't work out. And um, so we kept looking for other places that had some land and could be used for a summer camp because we were still just focused on summer camp at the time but wanted to definitely stay in this area and the group of folks that was very supportive of us with donations was the probus club which is a group of professional businessmen that take uh, take upon themselves to help people with a variety of needs including people with developmental disabilities and they became like our big brother group so they helped us look look around for property. I looked uh, farther down on Route 14. Uh, we looked all over the place, actually, out in Salem. Mm. And uh, what we ended up finding was that um, Mitch Strauss, who owned the camp, it was then called Camp Kendale, uh, on Babcock Hill Road, was about to retire. So he said, why don't you look at my place? I said, well, I'd love to, but I didn't think you were retiring. And that was the beginning of that. Yeah, that's a pretty big facility, right? Yes, that was much bigger than what we were using in uh, Wyndham Center. We had um, probably about five acres that we were using in Wyndham Center, plus the pond on the other side of the road. And the uh, site in on Babcock Hill Road was uh, 37 acres at the time. Wow. Now, 
you, you started out with how many employees in 1975 off the top of your head? I don't know if you 28. actually. 28. Oh, I 28. know exactly. They were my, they were my friends. <laughs> 28. How many now at Horizons? A little over 250. Wow. And now they all don't work in South Windham. They're, now you have other offices. They're all spread out, right? Yes. Including yourself. You're, you're all over the place. Uh, most of the employees are in South Windham, right? Or No, we're really spread out all over the place. M- the majority of the staff that we have that work with us work in supported employment, and that's the division where we, s- we, we get people jobs, and we help them to keep those jobs. So we have people working down at the Coast Guard Academy and uh, at um, Mystic Aquarium and at the university, both Eastern and uh, UConn. So some people never come to the campus. And uh, there are quite a number that do, but there are, I'd have to say, as many that do don't come. So You call South Windham the campus. Yes. Okay, so where's Chris McNabow on a regular? uh, Give us a a day in the life of of Chris McNabow. You're bouncing around from, where are your other offices, by the way, too? We have our supported living offices are right now at 41 High Street, and we have our training center there as well. So any new employee that comes to work with us has a week of orientation and training to learn about our, our philosophy, our mission, our vision, and our teaching techniques. And that's where that happens, on, uh, on High Street. And since we have nine different uh, places in the community for people to live, we thought that headquarters should be in the community. Okay, now where are you every day? I know you're, are you just Well, I'm here around? a lot, aren't I, Keith? Yeah, you <laughs> I mean, are. I see Chris and Steve Daly, the voice of the Horizons commercial. Uh, they come in once a month to do their spot. And let's just get into that right now quickly. Um, uh, when Stephen Daly comes in, he's a friend of mine as well, and I think he does a little, uh, he works still, Stephen Daly's been an employee of yours for over, well, over a decade now, mm-hmm. right? And he still works for Chris at Horizons uh, part-time, but he's, he's a realtor, a real estate agent as well for his full-time job. But uh, he brings such great energy to the commercial, really gets your attention. And just when he comes in, when you guys come in every month, to cut, there's so much going on. Um, yeah, why don't we just get in right now? What, some of this, you guys got not just the summer camp, which is how it really started. Tell us about all the stuff you got going on at Horizons right now. Well, as I mentioned, there's uh, supported employment and options. And options is the part of the program where folks can have a little more of a, of a relaxed day. Uh, these are folks that have worked their whole life and they're retired for the most part and want to stay active but not necessarily employed. So they volunteer and they do different things in, in town. They'll, you'll see them sometimes wearing those yellow vests and picking up the trash on, on Jilson or they might come and crush your boxes if you, you have a, a garbage that you need to have taken out or they'll sweep and, and uh, vacuum uh, for the theater guild. So we try to stay engaged and busy and helping out others in town. Um, and then there's uh, uh, Horizon supported um, educational support services where individuals uh, who have an IEP and receive special education services in their schools can get supports from us. And there's a whole emphasis now on students transitioning for the last couple of years of their public school life so they get to transition into the world of work and see where they might have a niche. So we've created a transition ed program that has two uh, avenues to it. One is that very vocational focus where we will take the students' IEPs and we'll work with them to find the right kind of job. We'll try out, we'll sample a number of, a number of different jobs with the, uh, thanks to the relationships we have in town with a number of, st- of uh, uh, businesses that will let us do that sampling there. And they'll come in for anywhere from two to four hours a day, a few days a week, and learn how to do a variety 
of jobs and try several while they're still in school. And then the other track of educational support services happens on the campus of Eastern Connecticut State University, where folks that have more of a focus on further education uh, uh, join us in that program. And there is a vocational uh, component to that, but they're also taking college classes, sitting side by side with college students, learning what it means to be a college student, where the, the work isn't uh, fed to you, you have to work off a syllabus and learn how to uh, get um, get uh, what the instructor wants you to get out of the class, and that happens with the mentors that sign up to volunteer with us through Eastern, and that's a wildly successful program and has been really uh, great for the for the university as well because professors will say to us, you know, it really changes the dynamic between my students. Uh, with that are typical students and your students because they have a different focus, another focus, and that's really, really powerful. So this is like the original flyer, I'm assuming? Yeah. Camp that's, Crossroads. Yeah, there it is. Wow, look at this. And now, look. I, and I still have it. It's just incredible. And uh, we call it Horizons now, but we're from Camp Crossroads to Camp mm -hmm. Horizons to Horizons, right? That's right. And uh, just all that stuff you just listened told us about, it's amazing. Do you ever think in a million years – you, you'd have all that activity going on. You do so many great things for the community. Um, and we just have a few more minutes here with, with Chris McNabo, the, uh, the CEO and founder of Horizons. Right now, tell us what you want. You know, of course, you're hiring. What are some of the things you want to hit going forward here with Horizons as we get into 2023? We, we have a lot of goals. And one is to really rebuild uh, the program since uh, COVID. It was very, COVID was very difficult for us because we're a hands-on people business, and that's one of the struggles right now, rebuilding to get back up to the 300 employees we had when COVID first hit, and we're slowly getting there. Um, so we're definitely hiring for our year-round programs, which include supported living, uh, which you work with people in their homes, whether it's a condo, or an apartment, a home, a house, wherever, all in this general area of Wyndham Willimantic. We have one home in Mansfield, one in Lebanon, um, and really trying to help folks have a uh, exciting and meaningful life that they take charge of. We're also hiring in supported employment and options. Um, a lot of the focus right now is on our our options folks that have those experiences where they're volunteering in the community and it's more of a day program. The uh, two locations for that in town are Church Street, uh, where folks will get dropped off by their transportation and then uh, leave from there to do things. And actually, right here on Riverside Drive, in the space that we're renting uh, from the soon-to-be Trigo mm -hmm. wood-fired pizza, we'll put a little plug in for Patrick. Yeah, um, can't wait to try that place. I yeah. know. And uh, so we are using those two hubs as places for our folks to come. And um, we're, we're always looking for folks that want to work either full or part-time. There are evening shifts, weekend shifts, now, overnight where do they shifts. Where do they apply, Chris? They apply right online uh, to horizonsct.org okay. and go right online. And we have a real quickie application there that gets the ball rolling. And then you'll start to talk with someone in human resources, usually Victoria, would be the first person you would speak with, and she'll give you the overview of what we're looking for right now and uh, see what fits with your schedule and your interests. We can train almost anyone. If you bring the heart, we can train you. We can't, we can't give you a value base. We can't give you a moral compass. But if you come with that, we can teach you what you need to know to be successful in working with people with developmental disabilities. And then there's summer camp. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say, to quote Steve Daly, I won't... You know, Steve does it much better than me, but here it goes. 
Summer camp. That's I, right. He says it so much better. But yeah, tell us about summer camp. Well, we start uh, in June uh, with a week of orientation with summer camp. It's a great way to get into this field. We have eight weeks of summer camp over a 10-week period. Wow. There's a week of orientation before campers arrive, which we, we, again, train you and give you all the skill sets you need, match you up with other people that have done the jobs for years. And then there's a week off between our two four-week sessions, so you get a little breather in the middle of summer as well. And it's a great way to get started. You do have to live on campus, uh, and you live right with the campers that you're supporting. So it's a very intense experience, but it's one you'll never forget. I've heard nothing but great things about Horizons. In fact, my brother, Reginald Collin, worked for Horizons. So I have a family member, and everywhere you go, right. you just, what was that? That's right. That was, was, like, was years he a good ago. employee? He was a very good employee. He was, <laughs> he was young. He That's was, right. He was, I think he was a junior ago. counselor when he came to us. Yeah, so... Yes. Um, Again, they're always. That's what, if you're looking for a job. It's the new year. Some people looking for uh, looking to go down a new road. Horizonsct.org. That's right. All right, so you can apply. They always got stuff going on. As you just heard uh, Chris talking about Chris McDebel, the CEO and founder of Horizons, uh, located right here in South London, but they're all over the place. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Keith. This is great. Episode seven of Hometown Threads in the books. Big thanks to our new sponsor, Liberty Bank. Thank you for listening on 14 WILI 95.3 FM and on Willamette Today Facebook. We'll see you next week.